this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This is Jeff Billard from the Amigos Audio Collective, thanking you for listening to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Dick on! A goal for my pie! <laughs> Thank you, Deacon. <laughs> and now for the making of my scarecrow. Stay within call, Deacon, in case I need you again. Well then, my puppet, old Mother Rigby has decided that you will be a fine, beautiful, and splendid scarecrow, rather than a hideous and horrible one. After all, I don't want to set up a hobgoblin in my own corn patch and almost at my own doorstep. Uh, I could make you that way if I pleased. Ugly enough to frighten the minister himself. But I'm tired of doing marvellous things, and so I'll keep within the bounds of everyday business just for variety's sake. Besides, oh, there's no use in scaring the little children for a mile roundabout. Though it is true that I am a witch. <laughs> Chatterbox Audio Theater presents Feathertop by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Yes, my puppet, you shall be a marvel. You will appear as a fine gentleman, as lifelike as a scarecrow as anyone has ever seen. Now, let me think. We shall begin with this broomstick, on which we've taken many an airy gallop at midnight, and Dickon! <laughs> this shall serve as your backbone. In this old broken flail, we'll make a fine arm. And for the other arm, oh, this pudding stick. And perhaps the rug of that chair. Not or two. Perfect! <laughs> ah, now, as for the legs, the handle of this hoe will do nicely. And let me see for the other. What of these sticks from the woodpile? Yes, yes, wonderful. <laughs> You're in need of a little girth, I see. Well, that shall be provided by this meal bag, which I shall stuff with straw. Here we are. Ah, and finally, a head. Mm, a head uh, in this pumpkin looks to work perfectly. I'll just make a few holes for the eyes. And one more for the mouth. There now, excellent. It is, if I may say, quite a respectable face. I've seen worse on human shoulders at any rate. Besides, many a fine gentleman has a pumpkin head. <laughs> oh, but the clothes. The clothes are the making of a man. Yes, yes. Here, I have a beautiful coat of London make. Plum-coloured. See the embroidery on its seams, its cuffs, its pocket flaps and buttonholes. 
Lamentably, it is a bit worn and faded. Patched at the elbows, tatted at the skirts, threadbare all over. And the left breast sports a rather obvious hole. But no matter, you will look quite dashing in it. <laughs> there, there we are. Oh, very becoming, I must say. You know, there are those who would swear this coat belongs to old Nick's wardrobe and that he keeps it here for the convenience of slipping it on whenever he wishes to make a grand appearance at the governor's table. <laughs> ah, well, now, too much. We have this velvet waistcoat. And these scarlet breeches, once worn by the French governor of Louisbourg, who their knees have touched the lower step of the throne of a Louis Le Grand. I got them from an Indian powwow who got them from a Frenchman. <laughs> the powwow parted with them for a gill of strong waters during one of our dances in the forest. <laughs> ah, and these... These silk stockings, my dear, for your legs. Look at them, unsubstantial as a dream. There we are. Next, this wig. It belonged to my poor husband, may he rest in peace. Uh, the most worthwhile part of him above their shoulders. <laughs> Ooh, finally, this hat with the tail feather of a rooster. Oh, that should do it then, uh. Well, now, let's get a look at you. Ah! Ah! Oh, you're rather proud, aren't you? With your knobby little nose thrust into the air, you have the bearing of a man who wishes others to look at him. Ah, well, you are well worth looking at, and that's a fact. I've made many a puppet since I've been a witch, but methinks, methinks this is the finest of them all. <laughs> it is almost too good for a scarecrow. Ah, oh, well, I'll just fill a fresh pipe of tobacco and then take you out to the corn patch. Hmm. Well, to say the truth, whether it be chance or skill or downright witchcraft, ooh, there's something wonderfully human in that ridiculous shape. Why, the front of that old pumpkin even appears to have shriveled into a, a grin. A funny kind of expression somewhere betwixt scorn and merriment. It's, it's as if you understood yourself to be a jest at mankind. Hmm. Dickon, Dickon! <coughs> Another call for my pipe! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you there, Dickon. That puppet yonder is too good a piece of work to stand all summer in a corn patch, frightening away the crows and blackbirds. He is capable of better things. Why, I've danced with worse when partners happen to be scarce at our witch meetings in the forest. <laughs> what if I should let him take his chance among the other men of straw and empty fellows who go bustling about the world? He'll meet plenty of his brethren at every street corner. Well, ha, 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 I didn't mean to dabble in witchcraft today, but a witch I am, and a witch I'm likely to be, and there's no use trying to shirk it. I'll make a man out of my scarecrow, were it only for the joke's sake. Here you are, then, my puppet. Take my pipe in your mouth. Now puff, darling, puff. <laughs> That's it. Puff away, my fine fellow. Your life depends on it. Yes.
Yes. Yes. Puff away, my pet. Puff away, my pretty one. It's the breath of life to you, and that you may take my word for. <laughs> Wonderful. Well puffed, my pretty lad. Come another good stout whiff, and let it be with might and main. Puff for your life, I tell you. Puff out the very bottom of your heart, and any heart you have, or any bottom to it. Well done again! You sucked in that mouthful as if for the pure love of it! Yes, yes, and now pop away, rich! Pop away, thou thing of straw and emptiness, thou rag or two, thou meal bag, thou pumpkin head, thou nothing! Where shall I find a name vile enough to call thee by? Pop, I say! And suck in thy fantastic life with the smoke, else I snatch the pipe from thy mouth and hurl it to where the red coal came from! <laughs> Now then, why do you look at the corner, lazy one? Step forth, you have the world before you. Excellent. Yes, yes. Oh, that is the way of it. My scarecrow has the aspect of a man. I've also the echo and mockery of a voice. I bid you speak. <laughs> That's it, wretch. Speak. Speak! <laughs> Mother. Mother. Be not so awful with me. I would fain speak, but being without wits, what shall I say? What shall you say? Quotha, what shall you say indeed? You of the brotherhood of the empty skull, you demand of me what you shall say. Oh, you shall say a thousand things, and saying them a thousand times over, you still will have said nothing. Be not afraid, my puppet, when you go forth into the world, you will not. Like the wherewithal to talk, talk, why, you shall babble like a mill stream. You've brains enough for that, I trow. At your service, Mother Rigby. <laughs> and that was well said, my pretty one. See, you speak and yet mean nothing. Oh, you shall have a hundred such set phrases and five hundred to the boot of them. <laughs> and now, my darling, I have taken so many pains with you, and you are so beautiful that by my troth, I love you better than any witch's puppet in the world. And I've made them of all sorts. Clay, wax, straw, sticks, night fog, morning mist, tea foam, chimney smoke. But you are the very best. So give heed to what I say. Yes, kind mother, with all my heart. With all your heart. You have such a pretty way of speaking, my puppet. With all your heart. And you even put your hand to the left side of your waistcoat as if you really had a heart. Now then, you must go and play your part in the great world, my darling, where not one man in a hundred is gifted with more real substance than yourself. And that you might hold your head up with a very bust of them, I hereby endow you with an unreckonable amount of wealthy... Let's see... You shall own a gold mine in El Dorado, ten thousand shares in a broken bubble, half a million acres of vineyard at the North Pole, (laughs) a castle in the air, and a chateau in Spain, together with all the rents and income therefrom accruing. And now that you might not lack ready money, here is a farthing, which is all the coin I have about me. And here is... 
a great deal of brass. <laughs> With that alone, you could pay your way all over the earth. I- I- kiss me, pretty darling. I have done my best for you. Thank you, mother. <laughs> I have one thing further to give you. In order that you might lack no possible advantage toward a fair start in life, I shall give you a token by which to introduce yourself to a certain gentleman, one Justice Gookin, a magistrate member of the council, merchant and elder of the church. (laughs) He stands at the head of society in town. You need only whisper to him this one word, <laughs> Gouty as the old fellow is, he'll run your errands for you when once you have given him that word in his ear. Mother Rigby knows the worshipful Justice Gookin, and the worshipful Justice Gookin knows Mother Rigby. <laughs> Now, the worshipful Justice Gookin has a comely maiden for a daughter. And hark ye, my pet, since my magic has taken hold, you have a fair outside and a pretty wood enough of your own. No, mother. Yay, a pretty wood enough. You will think better of it when you've seen more of other people's wits. Now, with your outside and your inside, you are the very man to win a young girl's heart. Never doubt it, I tell you, it shall be so. Put but a bold face on the matter. Sighs. Smile, flourish your hat, thrust forth your leg like a dancing master, uh, put your right hand to the left side of your waistcoat, and pretty Polly Gookin <sighs> shall be yours. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, your pipe has gone out. Hold it steady, my precious one, and I will fill it for you again. There now. Dickon, another call for this pipe. <laughs> Now, my my own heart's darling, whatever may happen to you, you must stick to your pipe. Your life is in it, and that at least you now know well, if you know nothing besides. Stick to your pipe, I say. Smoke, puff, blow out your cloud, and tell the people if any question be made that it is for your health and that your physician orders it so. And my sweet one, whenever you find your pipe getting low, go apart into some corner and cry sharply, Dickon, a fresh pipe of tobacco, and Dickon, another call for my pipe. And have it into your pretty mouth as speedily as may be, else instead of a gallant gentleman in a gold-laced coat, you'll be but a jumble of sticks and tattered clothes and a bag of straw and a withered pumpkin. I understand, Mother. Good. Now depart, my treasure, and good luck go with you. Never fear, mother. I will thrive if an honest man and a gentleman may. <laughs> an honest man and a gentleman. Oh, you will be the death of me. That was well said. If an honest man and a gentleman may, you play your part to perfection. <laughs> oh, get along with you for a smart fellow. I will wager on you against any other thing on two legs. I hold myself a better witch than yesterday for your sake. <laughs> Did I not make you? And I defy any witch in New England to make such another. Uh, here, take my staff along with you. I shall make it appear as a gold-headed cane. <gasps> it is Beautiful, mother. That gold head has as much sense in it as your own. It will guide you straight to worshipful Master Gookin's door. Now get you gone, my pretty fat, my darling, my precious one, my treasure. And if any ask your name, it is Feathertop. For you have a feather in your hat, and I've thrust a handful of feathers into the hollow of your head, and, and your wig, too, is of the fashion they call Feathertop. So... 
Happy Feathertop, your name! Feathertop, how wonderful. Goodbye, mother. Goodbye for now, my puppet. Goodbye, Feathertop! Some great nobleman beyond question. Do you not see the star at his breast? Oh, nay, for it is almost too bright to be seen. Yes, he must needs be a nobleman, as you say. But by what conveyance think you can this lordship of voyage to travel together? I mean, there's been no vessel from the old country for a month past. Yes, and if he have arrived overland from the south, pray, where are his attendants and equipage? He needs no equipage to set off his rank. Why, if he came among us in rags, nobility would shine through a hole in his elbow. I never saw such dignity of aspect. He has the old Norman blood in his veins. I warrant him. I'd rather take him to be a Dutchman or one of your high Germans. The men of those countries have always their pipes at their mouths. And so has a Turk. But in my judgment, this stranger hath been bred at the French court and hath there learned politeness and grace of manner, which none understand so well as the nobility of France. That gate now. A vulgar spectator might deem it stiff. He might call it a hitch and jerk. But to my eye, it hath an unspeakable majesty and must have been acquired by constant observation of the deportment of the Grand Monarch. The stranger's character and office are evident enough. He is a French ambassador come to treat with our rulers about the cession of Canada. More probably a Spaniard, hence his yellow complexion. Or most likely he is from Havana or from some port on the Spanish main and comes to make investigation about the piracies which our government is thought to connive at. Those settlers in Peru and Mexico have skins as yellow as the gold which they dig out of their mines. Well, yellow or not, he is a beautiful man. So tall, so slender. Such a fine, noble face with so well-shaped a nose and all that delicacy of expression about the mouth. And bless me, how bright his star is. It positively shoots out flames. So do your eyes, fair lady. Upon my honor, they have quite dazzled me. Why was there ever so original and exquisite a compliment? Hush now, you cur, hush. Isn't that any way to behave toward such a gentleman? (laughs) He stopped. What is it he's doing? Dickin. Another call for my pipe. What did he say in that sharp voice? Nay, I know not, but the sun dazzles my eyes strangely. And mine as well. How dim and faded his lordship looks all of a sudden. Bless my wits. What's the matter with me? The real wonder is that his pipe, which was out only an instant ago, should be all alight again. And with the reddest coal I ever saw. There is something mysterious about this stranger. What a whiff of smoke was that? Dim and faded, did you call him? Why, as he turns about, the star in his breast is all ablaze. It is indeed. And it will go near to dazzle the pretty Polly Gookin, whose gate he is entering now. Oh, Oh, my goodness gracious, can you believe that? do, my lord? How do you do, my lord? Such delight to meet you, my lord. Such an honor to meet you, my lord. Pray tell, what brings your lordship to our humble home? You are a friend of my father's, I presume? 
You are a friend of my father's, I presume? My lord, please, you are too forward with your affections. I beg you to consider my youth, my modesty. I beg you to... Oh, my lord. Polly? Polly! <clears throat> la, 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 la. Polly! Uh, oh, father, did you call? And yet I heard nothing. You know how I sometimes lose myself in song. Begging your pardon, father. Oh, and yours as well, my lord. I did not see you there. How do you do, my lord? My dear Miss Gookin, I fear that the tales I have heard of your beauty fall far short of the reality. But one wonders if mere words could ever be made strong enough. Oh. Uh, uh, Polly, this gentleman is the Lord Feathertop, who has brought me a token of remembrance from an, an ancient friend of mine. Pay your duty to his lordship, child, and honor him as his quality deserves. Of course, father. I should never think of doing any less. And I should never think of asking any more, Miss Gookin. <laughs> uh, well, well, then, I suppose I shall retire. I will be in the next room, Polly, if uh, if the need arises. But of course it shan't, Father. What silliness! Now, my Lord Feathertop, pray tell, are you acquainted with the modern operas? Um... No? Why, we shall have to remedy that straight away. Do you know that I once heard the Italian... Master Gookin, I have done washing the linens as you asked me to, and I am busy making ready your dinner. What time would you like... Ah! Master Gookin! Hush, Sarah! Good, my master! Hide you away from that keyhole! Do you mean to tell me that you deem the chaste and honorable Miss Polly as deserving of your peeping? Calm yourself, Sarah. I'm only looking after the interests of the child. She is in there with our guest. Our guest? You mean the nobleman who came to call? Ah, so he has an interest in Miss Polly, does he? Oh, Master Gookin, soon we shall all be swimming in riches. <laughs> On the contrary, Sarah, I have every reason to suspect that his lordship is here in the service of something far more wicked than a simple courtship. What's this? Oh, my poor Polly. Make room, good master. Make room. Let me see through as well. <laughs> Why, there's nothing very miraculous to be seen after all. His lordship is behaving like a proper gentleman. A gentleman? That much is true. He behaves like a thorough and practiced man of the world. Systematic, self-possessed, and therefore the sort of a person to whom a parent ought not to confide a simple young girl without due watchfulness for the result. But, Master Gookin, can you not but perceive every motion and gesture of his lordship coming in its proper place? No, there is nothing left rude or native in him. Why, he is no less than a work of art. I confess it, Sarah. As of yet, his manner has been wholly unimpeachable. But perhaps it is exactly that quality which invests him, in my mind's eye, with a species of ghastliness and awe. It is the effect of something completely in consummately artificial, in human shape. He impresses me as an unreality, as having hardly pith enough to cast a shadow upon the floor. And mark the way he clutches at that pipe, as if his life and being were akin to the smoke curling upward from its bowl. Aye, sir, and what a strange pipe it is. I would swear an oath that those are little painted figures which adorn it. And yet... 
Though I can ill discern them from here, it would seem to my eye that they are in motion. They appear as a party of little demons, each duly provided with horns and a tail, dancing hand in hand with gestures of diabolical merriment round the circumference of the bowl. What? Let me see. I perceive the same, Sarah, and pray that it is no more than a vision. Why? God, my master, what is this man who comes to call on our poor Miss Polly? I know not, Sarah. In truth, I know not whether we are right even to consider him a man. <laughs> so my lord thinks little of art, then? Little enough, for one man's art is another man's idleness, and if there be any value in idleness, I myself fail to see it. Yes, yes, it is spoken most wisely, my lord. In truth, you do not strike me as a man who is contented with mere idleness. But may I inquire, then, what is your business, my lord? Business? Why, my dearest Miss Gook, and I have none. None, my lord? No, none whatsoever. For I leave matters of business to those who have minds small enough to perceive them. Mm. By my troth, the man who studies business studies the world through a squinted eye, mm -hmm. while I myself prefer to look at things with a full range of vision. It is well said, my lord. Unmistakably, you are a man with strong opinions. I warrant that you find your role in the public sphere, in politics, perhaps? Politics? Nay, dear lady, I avoid politics completely. For such men who discuss it are, without exception, as empty of head as they are bereft of heart. Once again, my lord, I could not be in stronger agreement. Methinks you have power to read the very thoughts that pass through my mind. And yet, if we speak not of art, nor of business, nor politics, then, my lord, of what shall we now speak? My dear Miss Gookin, I know exactly of what we shall speak. For I have desired to speak of it since first we met. I should like to ask something of you. Since arriving here, I have wondered how I might gild my request, with what finery I might adorn it to hide the wish it represents. But alas, I see now that you are too wise to be deceived by such circumlocutions, <laughs> and so I must ask it directly of you, my dear Miss Gookin. I... no, no, I shan't. It is too impertinent. Impertinent, my lord? Why, I would venture that no words you speak could ever be regarded as such. Please... What is it you would ask of me? The deepest desire of my heart, dear Miss Gookin. But I dare not risk its health and my own happiness on so vain a request. Oh, please, sir, ask. I beg of you. Yes, yes, you are right. For what is a heart if it be given not to another? Why, it is no better than a mere wristwatch beating away the hours in an unhappy solitude. Oh. My dearest Miss Gookin, if you do not think me too forward, may I? May I request that you promenade the room with me? <gasps> oh, Lord Feathertop, it would be my privilege. Lord, I... I would swear that I hear music. It is merely the sound of our two souls discovering one another, dearest Miss Gookin. Your speech is most flattering, my lord, and you have such a wonderfully dainty stride. And you, a native maidenly grace, Miss Gookin, one just touched, but not spoiled by a slightly affected manner. No! Oh, come, my lord, let us promenade nearer to the looking glass there. I should like to see our own images. I warrant we make quite the handsome pairing. Anything you wish, my dear Miss Gookin. There now, I shouldn't wonder if... <gasps> ah! 
Gookin! My dear Miss Gookin, what? <gasps> no! Oh, no! Polly! Polly, my precious! My beloved! Have you ever heard such a shriek? What is it, child? What? Heaven have mercy! Miss Gookin, please, allow me to explain! No! No! Do not come near me! Father! Father! Save me from this devil, this thing of evil in the form of a man! Devil, you say? I suspected as much. Polly, what has this fiend done to you? Look, Master Gookin! Look there in the mirror! Oh, may the Lord protect us! It, it is ghastly! We see now your true face, you devil. No. The mirror does not reflect the glittering mockery of your outside show. No! No! Father! Father! It's horrible! Horrible! A thing of sticks and straw! He appears thus when stripped of all witchcraft. No more than a wretched simulacrum of a man. Get out of my house! Be gone with you, demon! Be gone! Miss Gookin, I'm sorry! I'm sorry! Out with you! Out! Out! Which is why I tell ye, Dickon, I shall never again set foot in that province. Ooh, why the aching neck given me by that noose took some weeks to wear off. Mark you, Dickon, if... Hark a minute. Ha! Ooh, what clattering step is that? Ooh, skeleton is out of its grave now, I wonder. Father! Why, Father Top, what has gone wrong, my puppet? Ooh, did yonder sniveling hypocrite thrust my darling from his door? The villain! I shall set twenty fiends to torment him till he offer you his daughter on bended knee! No, Father, no, it was not that. Well, then did the girl scorn, my precious one. Oh, I will cover her face with pimples. Her nose shall be as red as the coal in your pipe. Her friend teeth shall drop out in a week hence. She'll not even be worth your having. Let her alone, mother. The girl was half one, and methinks a kiss from her sweet lips might have made me altogether human. But, but, oh, I've seen myself, mother. I've seen myself with a wretched, ragged, empty thing I am. Now, Feathertop, how could you say such to me? Your mother, the one who made you. Why, I've never been as proud of a thing in my long life. No, no, mother, I can't stand it. I'll exist no longer. What talk is this? Oh, listen to me, thou vile thing, thou pumpkin herd. Thou wert nothing ere I made thee. I gave thee life. I know it, mother. Yes, I know it too well. And the life you gave me is contained in this pipe, is it not? Mm. This damnable clay pipe that smolders with enchantment? Well, then... Here is what I shall do with it! Father Top! Oh, well, poor fellow. My poor dear pretty Father Top. There are thousands upon thousands of coxcombs and charlatans in the world made up of just such a jumble of worn-out, forgotten, and good-for-nothing trash as he was. Yet they live in fair repute and never see themselves for what they are. Why should my poor puppet be the only one to know himself and perish for it? His poor Feathertop, I could easily give him another chance and send him forth again tomorrow. But no, his feelings are too tender, his sensibility is too deep. He seems to have too much heart to bustle for his own advantage in such an empty and heartless world. 
Well, well, I'll make a scarecrow of him after all. Tis an innocent and useful vocation and will suit my darling well. And if each of his human brethren had as fit a one, it would be the better for mankind. And as for this pipe of tobacco, <laughs> I warrant that I now need it more than he. <laughs> Dickon, another call for my pipe. You've been listening to Chatterbox Audio Theater's production of Feathertop by Nathaniel Hawthorne, featuring Matty O'Shea as Mother Rigby, Odell Atkinson as Feathertop, Karen Strawn as Polly, Barkley Roberts as Justice Gookin, and Jane Harris as Sarah. Music by Gene Simmons, produced by John Hilton Smith, assistant directed by Karen Strawn. Adapted and directed by Robert Arnold. This is your announcer, Tom Badgett. Chatterbox Audio Theater is a nonprofit, web based community theater that advances the exchange of ideas by channeling creativity and artistic collaboration into recorded audio works that enlighten, entertain, and inspire. Download our shows, meet our cast and crew and make a donation to support our work at www.chatterboxtheater.org. Thank you for listening to Monday Matinee right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual feeds, including Tuesday Terrors for Horror, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Thursday Thrillers for Action, Adventure, Mystery, and Crime Drama, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, Saturday Story Circle for kids and families alike, and Sunday Showcase, bringing you the very newest in audio releases for the week from our United Artists of Audio, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network, listening and imagining together.